Shane Shol. It came up the idea of making everything that we do Dorch and Numen with Mashiach. In other words, the Rebbe said, mainly in Chai and in Beis, that all aspects of Avedis Hashem have to be done in a way that they're permeated with Mashiach. And we learned, we had a whole share about the fact that the Rebbe says that is the Shar of the Shlichis and what that means and how that means it's very important for our Avedis Hashem. So what I want to do is take a very practical example of something in our Avedis Hashem and talk about what it would mean for it to be Dorf Genumen with Mashiach. And what? Understanding when we dive. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, a good start always. Seriously. So, so if we'll analyze Shmona Esrei, that's the example that I want to use. So we'll get an idea of what Shmona Esrei looks like when it's Dorchanum with Mashiach. And I think Shmona Esrei is a kind of an easy example. But from there, what I want to do is bring out how it's not limited to Shmona Esrei. The, the same way that we look at Shmona Esrei and try to make Shmona Esrei Dorchanum with Mashiach, we could also do something similar with any other mitzvah. Okay, but we're going to... The rest gonna, of the too. The rest of the davening too, for sure. Absolutely. So, let's start from the beginning. So, why do we have a Shemona Esrei? Why do we have a fixed uh, set of words, a fixed text that we have to say for our davening? Right? If davening is a Veda Shavalev, right? It's we are serving Hashem with our heart, we're serving Hashem with our emotions. So why is it put into certain words that you have to say these words and that's how you daven? I got a better question. How come if it's supposed to be serves a layer that people say as fast as they can then there's no heart involved anyways? Right. So that's a question why the Shun give us a Yitzhahara. Um, <laughs> and why don't we always beat our Yitzhahara? But <laughs> but why but the only reason why that's possible, no, it's, it's related. The only reason why it's possible to speed through your tefillah is because there's a fixed text. If there wouldn't be a fixed text, then we would say, you know, you're expected to sit and think about what you want to say to Hashem. You kind of have to put time into it, you know? Oh my God, I see people, if they made it like that, I see people like this. So Five seconds done. So the fact that there's a fixed text opens up the possibility for what you're talking about, right? That we are just going to rattle off these words and we could come to think that the whole davening is just about the words and not about the feelings. Really, davening is about your feelings and it's about expressing your feelings in words. It's not about saying words and, oh, maybe, by the way, I'll also have a feeling here and there. Right? So why is it that we have a sitter? So, and you can ask the same question about not just one asteroid, but the whole entire davening, right? Entire Torah. Entire Torah? Well, the entire Torah is like that because Hashem said those words. But the question is, when we're davening to Hashem, why do we have a set text? So, in the first few halachas of Hilchus Tefillah, the Rambam explains. He says that Tefillah is a mitzvah de raisa, which I know is a machlekes, but let's just go with the understanding of the Rambam now. Tefillah is a mitzvah de raisa, and what is, what is the mitzvah? What's the gather of that mitzvah? is that every day a person should do three things. One is you have to praise Hashem. Two is you have to ask Hashem for the things that you need. And three is to thank Hashem for the good things that He gave you. There's no set number of times you have to do this. It could be once. Once is the minimum. But other than that, um, you don't. there's no shachar smenchamayrev. There's no set number of times. There's no set text. There's no specific words that you have to say. It just you just have to say something to Hashem that has these ideas: praising Him, asking for your needs, and thanking Him. That means we can dive without the sitter and just make a room sitter. So, so the mitzvah de raisa, 
we don't only follow mitzvahs deiraisa, we follow also mitzvahs deirabanan, but the mitzvah deiraisa is like that. And that is what people used to do. And the Rambam writes over there that it used to be that some people were very eloquent, they really knew how to speak to Hashem, and they would daven very much. And other people, not so much, and they would daven once a day, and that would be it. And, and there was nothing wrong with that. There was nothing wrong with if a person wasn't so, on such a high level in his davening, and he only davened to Hashem once a day, in his own words. Once a day? This is what the Rambam writes. In the so that came up later, and, and and it is because because we ended up therefore in in, in retroactive. Absolutely, it's a whole gemara. about obvious whether it's connected to obvious or connected to kabbalas or the question of something was the, something that the obvious did. Does that become halacha for us, or it only becomes halacha based on what happens at our Sinai? The the Rambam learns it out of a, a, a different pasuk. He doesn't mention anything about the obvious in the beginning of the Um So that's how he explains the mitzvah deraisa of tefillah. So the question is: So why is our davening not like that? Why didn't we just keep it that way? So he explains basically that there's a thing called galus, and what happened was after the korban. The Yidin were sent into Gaulis, and since they were sent into other countries besides Eretz Yisrael, so the next generation that was born there, they weren't so fluent in Lashna Kadesh. And being that they weren't so fluent in Lashna Kadesh, so it wasn't so easy for them to daven, and the only way they really could daven and say what they wanted to say was if they mixed in words from other languages and they kind of put together to feel a little bit of Lashna Kadesh, a little bit of whatever languages they knew. So it says that Ezra Sefer and is based in. Why can they daven from their heart, no matter why is that to be in Lashon Hakodesh? That's a good. That's a good question. Um, that itself is a sugi in halacha, whether you can daven in English or Aramaic. Actually, or I learned Shulchan Aruch and you're allowed to daven in your own language. The Rebbe says in Yichidus, and I asked my Mishpia, who's also like a big rabbi, and they all say that you can daven in English the whole thing. Right. So it's a whole discussion, but. And that's for Halacha Lamaisa today. But back then, this is what the Rambam writes, that Ezra saw that this was not ideal. And it's a good question, why not? He doesn't address it over there. He just says this is what happened. So I'm going to say the same thing. not going to go into it, because I don't really know. But but that's what the Rambam says, that people had to daven in other languages, and they put it together, and it wasn't so eloquent. And so they they <coughs> decided that they're going to put together a fixed text. And then that way everyone is going to be able to just learn that text. And when you understand the davening, so now automatically you're going to fulfill your obligation. You're going to have three blessings of praising Hashem, three blessings of thanking Hashem at the end. And in the middle you have all the requests. And all the requests, they, they made sure to make it so that all the requests are like general categories that cover everything that a person might need. This is what the Rambam writes. So that way, if everyone davens with this text, so you learn it, and your prayers come out very eloquent, and you talk to Hashem the way that you should, and you fulfill the mitzvah deraisa of tefillah. Then he goes on and explains to me a separate thing that has to be three times a day for the kabbani. So we're not getting into that part now. This feels like a Bresla class. What? Feels like a Bresla class. Okay. Yeah, we're talking about talking to Hashem and stuff. <laughs> well, that's what davening is. They, they they have a point. There's a reason why they say that. But they have a thing about going out to the forest. Just talking to Hashem. Right. So that's in a way similar to what davening used to be, but for us, the the Chachamim put together a sitter, and they also use a sitter. They just say you should do an additional thing. We also go talk to Hashem. 
So, so what comes out of this is that the text of Shmon Esrei is basically there to serve as a tool to help us express our emotions towards Hashem appropriately. In other words, it's not about that I have to say the words of the Shmon Esrei and that's the mitzvah is to say these words. It's again, the mitzvah is to express certain emotions of praise and asking for my needs and thanking Hashem. And the Siddur is just guiding us to be able to do it in the best way, in the most eloquent way, in Lashna Kadesh. So it's really about guiding us to feel certain emotions. Right? And then we just happen to also express the emotions in speech. So if we want to take our Shmon Esrei and make it Dorchin Numut Mashiach, so then what we have to do is, first of all, we have to study the Shmon Esrei and just see, we have to get an initial look at it. We have to say, okay, so how much... Is there any? Is it already pretty much about Mashiach, or is it not about Mashiach very much? Like we have to kind of just look at it and see um, what the Shmon Esrei is, and then when we see what it is, so now we can see if we want to add if there are ways that we can make it even more about Mashiach, because that's what I was saying to do, is to take every aspect of our Yiddishkeit and make it Dorchin with Mashiach. So I'm going to look at Shmon Esrei. Okay, this is what I understand Shmon Esrei to be, and now let's make it more about Mashiach than. Maybe it is on its own. Maybe then it seems to be on its own. Make sense? And you can see already that same type of thinking we can apply to any mitzvah. We could say, what is tefillin? Let me go learn what tefillin is and how much of tefillin is there explicitly something about Mashiach and then where is there a deeper explanation that uh, is going to make it even more about Mashiach. Okay? But again, we're sticking to Shemona But I'm just trying to point out that it's not this type of thinking is not limited to Shemona So... I took a look at Shmona Esrei before the Shir, and basically, I looked at it also three times a day for the last few years, so uh, hopefully I thought about it a little bit, hopefully you guys did too, so I hope this shouldn't all be new to you guys, I hope. So basically the way I see it is there's three categories we can split it into with regard to um, Inyan Agul Mashiach. So there's certain brachas that are explicitly talking about Mashiach. There's no getting around it. The subject of the bracha, or at least of a certain line in the bracha, is about Mashiach, right? So we'll talk about which ones in a second. But that's one category. The second category that I have is things that don't mention Mashiach explicitly, but if you think about it a little bit, Mashiach is right below the surface. And you'll see what I mean soon. And then... I have a third category that's a little bit less obvious that it's maybe it's more like Parasa, basically the Parasa one. Let's let's see. So the third one is going to be things that really Mashiach doesn't even appear to be right below the surface. It doesn't even superficially seem like it's talking about Mashiach at all. And yet I could find an explanation of it somewhere in a safer or something that makes some kind of connection to Mashiach. So that's kind of going to be the third. Um, the, the third kind of most distant category, if you will. Okay? And all these things we can... Shmon Esrei, there's so much written on it, and it, you could analyze every two words and everything, you know, so you could go very deep into this stuff. But we're just going to stick to a very basic, you know, uh, simple analysis of Shmon Esrei, and we can always go deeper another time. Okay, so let's first deal with the first two categories. First category, again, was things that are talking explicitly about Mashiach. So, which brachas explicitly talk about Mashiach? So, I have here Aves, Ata Gibor, Re'ena, Tukam B'Shei Fergadol, B'Nei Yerushalayim, Es Tzamach David, and Ritzei. 
That's Atagibor. The beginning of it is Atagibor. The end is Mechayimesim. Same thing. So, Aves, you have, it mentions, Umevi Goyal Ibnevineyam. Right? So, so Aves is one of the first three brachas. It's part of the praises. That means you're praising Hashem for sending us a Redeemer, for sending us Mashiach. So, right there, you have a praise. You're expressing faith that this thing is going to happen, that it's real. Right? So the sitter is helping you to realize that that is something that you have to praise Hashem for, the fact that he's going to do this. Second bracha, Ata Gibor. A bunch of times we mentioned Mechai Emesim, right? Techiyas Emesim is obviously the, the culmination of Yemesim Mashiach. Yeshua. Right, again, right, we're always mentioning Matzmiach Yeshua. Yeshua is generally, doesn't have to be talking about Mashiach, but obviously the ultimate Yeshua is Mashiach, and it normally is referred to in that way. Where's the Shuvah? Um, we'll get to soon. But it's good, you're already making connections. Matzmiach literally means makes it sprout, it makes it grow. Right? Mashiach comes, we're going to have a lot more Das. So hold on a second, we're doing one category at a time. So it's good that you're making the connections, because we're not up to it yet. But I'm glad that you figured this out on your own, because like I said, it's not deep stuff, so I shouldn't. this shouldn't be like incredible new insights. Okay? The next one that's explicitly about Mashiach is Re'ena and Yenu, right? Or Goyal Yisrael, like you mentioned before. Tukaba Shefer Godol. We ask Hashem to blow the, this great Shefer. That's, that's explained in Chassidus what it really means. It's not necessarily is it going to be a, like a, a great sound of a Shefer, just by the way. So Rifain does not explicitly mention Mashiach. Right now we're doing a category yeah. that is explicitly, 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 no doubt about it, talking about Mashiach. I think the whole thing's about Mashiach. That's we're getting there, <laughs> just one step at a time. So to accomplish for Godol, let's keep it Goliath. Um Boyne Yerushalayim, Yasak Shem. Um so is Befeirish indisputably talking about Sanhedrin? Is it? You tell me. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't mean just... See, you're already talking Mashiach, so you see it as it's talking about Sanhedrin. Okay, is it Befeirish? No, I don't know. It, no, of course there's no Sanhedrin in the Nile. But which category do you put that into? I was thinking that... I could be wrong. I was thinking that Shepsenu is Lav talking about Mashiach. Maybe it's talking about just give us good judges, give us good Rabban and things like that. We have Rabban. I mean, no, we, we don't have that great Rabban, I'm sorry. No, but Kavari Shaiva. Probably like talking about Kavari Shaiva. Kavari Shaiva is watching Kavari Shaiva. Could be. <coughs> yeah, could be. The truth is in the, in the footnote of the city here, they put Yeshaya, uh, that it's based on the Pasuk in Yeshaya that's talking about the Yeah, so it could be. Um, we could look up different Turushim on the Siddur, but, but uh, again, this, whatever, we could argue about the categories. Oh. I was keeping this category as a very, very explicit, no doubt about it, there's no there's no way around the fact that this is talking about Mashiach. Hashiva Shaitenu, even if a person be wrong, there's at least a person could argue that maybe it means something else. Maybe you're right. you could be right, you could be 100% right. Okay, Baini Yerushalayim, again, there's no dispute about that one. Esetzemach David Avdocha, right? Rabbi David from Machos Beis David. And in Ritzei, we say, V'sechazene, Nina B'Shuv Chalitzim B'Rachamim, that 
that our eyes should should see Hashem returning to Zion, which is talking about the Shechina and Gileolikos, and so on. There's no doubt also that that's talking about Mashiach. And just for good measure, we also have at the end Yud Ratzin that mentions, um, sorry, Yud Ratzin of Nechel that mentions the base, uh, building of the base of Mikdash. So, so just keeping the category at the most strict requirement that it must be explicitly, unmistakably talking about Mashiach, Shemona Esrei has seven out of 19 brachas that are beferish talking about Mashiach. That means you, you need no further thought whatsoever just to say the, the literal touch of the word, not the touch, but to think the literal meaning of the words. And you're already davening seven out of 19 brachas for Mashiach, three times a day, that's 21 times a day that you are expressing emunah and sipiyah for Mashiach. Just by doing nothing other than reading the words exactly as they are. So, if you think about it, so Shemona Esrei is already pretty Dorchunum with Mashiach. When the Rebbe says to make it Dorchunum with Mashiach, the first thing you have to do is not even do anything. It's just do it, just do the basic task, and you're already thinking about Mashiach quite a lot, every day, three times a day, seven times for tefillah. Okay? Now we'll get into what Yeshua is excited about, the ones that really are, they're also about Mashiach. How could you say that's not about Mashiach? Right? So that's the second category. Right below the surface, these are also talking about Mashiach. <laughs> so, so first you have Chayin and Adas, right? That we ask Chayin and Adas, we ask Hashem for Chokhmah Bina and Das. So Chokhmah Bina and Das, is that talking about Mashiach? What do you mean? It just means I want to be smart, I want to learn Torah, I want to understand, right? No, but when are you going to have the most Chokhmah Bina and Das? When are you going to under, have the most of those qualities? When is that going to be Bishlemis, your Chokhmah Bina and Das? Is when Mashiach comes, right? And the same thing with all of these. Hashivainu, we're asking Hashem to help us do tshuva. So when is your tshuva going to be b'shlemis and you're never going to do an Vader again? When Mashiach comes. Okay, you could reach, you could become a benin or a tzaddik, whatever, before that. But the shlemis of it is going to be when Mashiach comes. Slach lanu, we're asking Hashem to forgive us. What's the ultimate expression of Hashem forgiving us? If Hashem really forgives us, what does Alter ever say in the tshuva? Is that if we wouldn't sin again, so we know for sure Hashem forgives us and we would be redeemed immediately. Only because we're going to sin again, that's why we don't get redeemed immediately when we say Slach Lanu. So what's the ultimate expression of um, of forgiveness for our sins is that Hashem would bring Mashiach. Okay, Rifainu, we're asking for health. Are you asking for mostly good health some of the time for most of the people? Or are you asking for all good health all the time for all the people? So when are you going to get that? When Mashiach comes, right? Also the fact that the Hebrew is going to take away all the sickness. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. When when do you have the shlemis of health for everyone all the time? Oh, is when Mashiach comes. So barich aleinu, you're asking for parnasa. So when are you going to have to never ever have to worry about parnasa again? When it's madanim etzuyim ka'afar, when all the things are plentiful like dust, right? When Mashiach comes, madanim etzuyim ka'afar. So you're asking for parnasa. So the most parnasa you're ever going to get is when Mashiach comes. Okay, now I have hashiva shiftenu. Mentioned about the judges, uh, the Sanhedrin, or the Rebbe touches it up in the Sikha, the Rebbeim also, you could put that in there as a Kavana that, that the, the Rebbeim are like the Shaitanu Vietainu. When are we going to get all of that back? When Mashiach comes, the Mashinim. The Mashinim is talking about enemies of the Jewish people. When are the enemies of the Jewish people going to finally be defeated? When Mashiach comes. In the Chabad, we have a minute that we 
we stop at a certain point to signify the difference between Shalosh Klippus Atmeis and Klippus Nega, that we want all of them to be destroyed, but um, we recognize Klippus Nega is not as bad as Sachnia, whatever, not for now, but so really that Bracha is also talking about destroying Klippa. When is there going to be no more Klippa? When Mashiach comes. I feel like a broken record already. Okay, Allah Tzadikim, we ask Hashem to reward us for trusting Him and for serving Him, right? And that we shouldn't be embarrassed by it. So when is the ultimate reward and when is our trust and our faith in Hashem going to be ultimately revealed to have been a good thing? When Mashiach comes, Shmak Eleinu. means Hashem should hear our prayers. We can daven for anything we want. First of all, we're just realizing now that everything we're davening for is really Mashiach. So Shmakalenu is just here everything we said before, and that already means send Mashiach. But Shmakalenu also anything else that you could want, whatever, this is all sheer for itself. But anything that a person could want, you're gonna have it the most when Mashiach comes. So anything you could think of, don't worry, Mashiach is gonna bring it. So Shmakalenu also. And finally, Simshalim, right? You're asking for peace with all Jewish people. When is there gonna be the ultimate peace for all Jewish people? When Mashiach comes. What? So I have two left. So with these two categories, we covered 17 out of 19 brachas. So we went from seven that you just have to pasha think pirushamilis, and another 10 that if you just think about the big picture, you want the shlemus of this thing instead of like a small partial version of this thing. So now you're up to 17 out of 19 brachas. Now I would argue. If you have 17 out of 19 brachas that you're asking for Mashiach, your Shemona Esrei is pretty dorkinum with Mashiach. Okay, you probably, we probably don't need to say all 19 brachas of Shemona Esrei have to be dorkinum with Mashiach. You know, if you're sincerely davening 17 brachas a day for Mashiach, pretty solid. Yeah? Pretty solid. But... Not more goals afterwards, though. What? Not more goals after solid davening or something wrong. Yeah, I agree. So... A person might ask a question, you guys aren't asking the question, but a person might ask the question, hey, but who says that we're supposed to always be asking for Mashiach? Maybe we're supposed to ask for the partial form. Maybe we're supposed to ask for regular old health and regular old parnasa, right? After all, is this what you were thinking about all the time? They were always davening, you know, for the shlemis of all these things that's going to come with Mashiach, weren't you davening Pashat for parnasa and Pashat for health, and right? So I think that that's legitimate. And I think it's fine if we daven like that sometimes. But at a time when the Rebbe, what's different about us is that at a time when the Rebbe is telling us that we're all sap, we're in the Masaf and our whole avoda now is to be Durchinum with Mashiach, and that's the Shar, and that's, you know, that's the most important thing is that everything should be permeated with Mashiach. So we, it doesn't make sense for us to daven for a partial version of these things, like maybe our ancestors did when they weren't so close to Mashiach, so there wasn't this need for them to focus on the finish line so much. But for us, who are a whole avoided, the Rebbe is telling us, is to be permeated with Mashiach. So I think for us, we're supposed to be davening in this way. If I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think that it's a contradiction. You could have plan A, you know, and the class of is to come. That's another answer. That we're that asking for a Right. Like the Rebbe says about at Fabrengans, you should, at Fabrengans, when you make Hachlata, you should say, Im chas v'shalom, Mashiach yeah. is akiv, yeah, yeah. then I'm going to do this Hachlata. Right, so the same thing over here, you can on the one hand daven for the shlemus of it and have it in the back of your mind, at least if that's not going to happen, at least yeah. give us the regular. Right, I had that thought also. Okay, um, getting a little late, so let's finish up. 
So I wanted to see, even though I still think 17 out of 19 is pretty solid, Dorka Numerus Mashiach, I wanted to see if we could find something for the other two, just for the shlemis of the whole Shemun Okay? So I didn't have so much time to do a lot of research, but here's what I came up with. Okay, we'll start with Maidim, because Maidim is, um, I think, a little more direct. In Maidim, we twice mention Hashem does miracles for us. We're thanking Hashem. So naturally, when you're thanking Hashem, it's less likely to be all about Mashiach because Mashiach didn't come yet. So you're thanking him for the past. So, of course, it's not going to be as much about Mashiach as when you're asking for the future. But even then, um, we're thanking Hashem for miracles. We say, um, sorry, So twice, Nisim and Flois, those are both miracles. By the way, it's interesting, Teishnas Nisim and Teishnas Nifloi Serenu. But anyway, um, so in the Sikha of Miket Tavshin and Beis, the <laughs> so the Rebbe, the Rebbe mentions a story that's told in the Gemara Sanhedrin that uh, Hashem thought to make Chizkiyahu Mashiach and Sancheirev Goigu Mabe. Except what happened is that Hashem did miracles for Chizkiyahu, and it says that Chizkiyahu didn't praise Hashem for the miracles. Or I think the Rebbe explains it that it means he didn't praise Hashem enough um, for what was expected of him. So Chizkiyahu was a great king. There's a whole story that he rebuilt the base of Mikdash very quickly, and uh, not rebuilt, but got it back uh, going, got the Zara out of it, and so on. There's even an opinion in the Gemara, which we don't accept, the Halacha, but it says that um, that there won't be a Mashiach and Hashem's going to do the Gula himself because the Yidin already had Chizkiyahu and that was like they already got to enjoy the idea of Malach Mashiach. But don't worry, we don't pass it like that. Um, so what does the Rebbe say in the Sikha and Miketz and Beis? The Rebbe says just like, so what do we learn out from the story of Chizkiyahu is that the idea of praising Hashem for the miracles that he does is something that's negea to the Gula. That because you see that in that story that since there wasn't enough praising Hashem for the miracles, so it made the Gula not happen. So the same thing over here, we're, pray, we're thanking Hashem for the miracles, so we should be aware when we're thanking Hashem for the miracles that this is something that's negea to the Gula. And by the way, that means we should really identify what miracles are we even talking about, because we're saying here that Hashem does miracles for us every single day. And I don't know how many of us feel that Hashem's doing a miracle for us every single day. I have an explanation of what it might mean, but I don't know if it's right, so I don't really want to say. But uh, but it's, <laughs> it's worth looking into, because now we know that this thing of thanking Hashem for the miracles is something that is negated to the Gula. And the Rebbe talks about it in the, in the context of Hanukkah, and Pursuming Nisan, but the Rebbe says not only the miracle of Hanukkah, but all the miracles that the Abishnu does. So we should really look into that part and find out. Exactly what was referring what to. What you just said. What? Well. Never mentions, um, if I remember correctly, on the Isakashim Koyim Ivano, that that's going on past, present, and future, which includes the Gula. It's a Sikha Kadaka Life. Uh-huh. So, saying there's, so you're saying there's a Sikha that's saying that Kadaka this is. Kadaka Life is Oh, yeah? Okay. Okay, I, I don't remember correctly. that. So, okay, so Menachem over here added no, no, that. No, uh, don't worry, you can be famous too. So. So the Rebbe even said that this is talking about actually thanking Hashem for the miracles of the Geula that will be. So there you go. So that adds even better. Very nice. And finally, Hakel Kadesh. This one I didn't find as explicit as I would have hoped, but I have a sitter that um, it's called Siddur 
uh, actually Time of Ru, I think it's called. I forgot, it came out a few months ago, maybe like a year ago. And they put footnotes and, and sources uh, in Chassidus that talk about Pir Shemilis. So it brings over there from Lukut Etera Parshas Bahar that we say, Ukadeshim Bechol Yem Yalalucha Sela. Who are these Kadeshim? It's talking about the Nishamas of the Yidin that are in Gan Eden. And it's saying that they praise Hashem every single day. Sela, Sela means Tamid Beli Hefsik. They're always praising Hashem without any interruption. And why are they praising Hashem that way? Because they have a Havanava Saga and a Tain of Ginalukus. Being that they're in Ganadin, so there's Gili Alakos, so they're understanding what is Alakos, and they're having so much pleasure from it, so therefore they're praising Hashem constantly without stop. So I thought to myself, it doesn't say this there, but if that's what's going on in Ganadin, and we know that Yemesa Mashiach is a higher revelation than Ganadin, so if they're constantly praising Hashem because of this revelation that they have, so we, when Mashiach comes, how much more so, we're gonna, our whole lives are gonna be about praising and serving Hashem. So it's not as explicit, but it's still connected. So I just want to finish up because we're running out of time. But basically, now we've laid out intellectually, yeah, in a in a philosophical discussion, how the whole Shmanesre could be Dorfinu with Mashiach, at least on a basic level. But the thing is that davening is not about understanding. It's not about having a good shot in uh, in what the words of davening mean. It's like we said at the beginning, it's about expressing emotions, right? So, and connecting emotionally. So, what happens if I know when I give a class that, you know, this is what Shemona is talking about, all these things, he's talking about Mashiach here, Mashiach there, and whatever, but when I go daven, what if I'm not feeling it? So, two practical eights. So, right, but I'll add something even on that. So one, so one thing, just practically, is following Shulchan Aruch and the Rebbe Sayyid about how to go about davening and how to prepare for davening properly because the preparations for davening affect a lot if we're going to feel what we're supposed to feel and be able to think what we're supposed to think and stay focused and stay so hard and so on. So that's just a practical tip for all the time. Um, in fact, I saw once from the Rebbe, the Rebbe says, um, when the Mishnah tells us, um, that a person can't daven unless he first puts himself into a mood of seriousness, right? And he realizes how important it is to talk to the Abishter and so on. So the Rebbe says, when it says, Ein Ella, Ein Ella means it's Ma'akev even Bidiyavid, meaning it's impossible, completely impossible, if you don't prepare and put yourself into a state of seriousness and preparation to talk to Hashem, it is impossible to daven properly. That's what the Rebbe says. Um, if anyone wants, I could find the source for it. I know what what safer I have it printed. Uh, it's printed in. So that's just one general thing about davening, and more specifically, if you're not relating to the tefillahs in this way, so like Yeshua said, you want to learn chassidus. But like we talked about in the previous shirim, the Rebbe explains in the Sikhs and the Nalaf that there uh, Balak and Vezchanan especially that there's a Maila in learning specifically Chassidus that's talking about Mashiach and especially if we want to make our davening more permeated with Mashiach so which Chassidus, all Chassidus is going to help us with our davening but which Chassidus do you think is going to help us make our davening the most Mashiachtic is the Chassidus which is about Mashiach not to put down other Chassidus but the way the Rebbe says it is we have to increase in all learning Chassidus with a special emphasis and there's a special Maila and Ili Mi'chedes on Pnimi of um, Pnimi Satayra that's Mivara in Yonegu'ula.
Sometimes you can relate the regular chassidus to the Rambam Malchus, though. For sure. Like right. When, like when I was doing my mal, I was doing my Mayim Rabbim, somehow related that thing to. Right. But the only way, what I would like to say about that is the only way you're going to be able to connect chassidus, which is not explicitly talking about Mashiach, to chassidus, which is explicitly talking about Mashiach. So you have to learn both. You have to also learn stuff that's explicitly talking about Mashiach. When you do, so you'll be able to branch out and connect and say, oh, you know, that's really talking about Mashiach too. I didn't even realize. Oh, Bri Yishma'ayin is also talking about Mashiach. I for two years, every night with the Varmachos. So, and that allows you to take Mayim Rabbim and connect it to the Varmachos. If you hadn't learned the Varmachos, you would never be able to take the, the Mayim Rabbim and connect it to the Varmachos, right? So, so, and I, I would like to suggest that maybe this is what the Rebbe means in the Sikh of Eschan and Nanal, that, that um, we didn't do the shir over here, the shir in a different shul. But the Rebbe says, You should gaze at the Geula, be misbeinin on the Geula. And that will bring Shleimus into, the Rebbe says, they're your Torah, Avaida, and Gimilis Chasadim. So the Rebbe says, they're Avaida. Avaida, and that quote means davening, Avaida Shabbalev. So the Rebbe is saying that learning and being misbeinin on Yonah Geula Mashiach will also bring, it says all three, Torah, Avaida, and Gimilis Chasadim. But I'm just emphasizing here, because we're having a Shir Bachman Esrei, that it'll bring your davening to be Shleimus also. Uh, in my Robin that says those those three things, it relates to um, Parnasa, Banim, and and health, which correspond to three of Nach's children. Interesting. Hmm. So, so those are two practical aids to try to if you're pale mamish, not feeling the emotions that we that we're talking about with this davening. So those are two ways to go about it: is to work on the preparations of davening and also to keep learning and keeping misbeinin on the Yonagul Mashiach and naturally these feelings will come uh, more natural. So just to finish off, I said that I don't want this uh, shir to be only a shir about Shmon Esrei, we're just using Shmon Esrei as an example. So I think for any given mitzvah or any inyan or any minag or any whatever, we can always apply the same type of thinking that we applied for Shmon Esrei. You have those parts of it that are explicitly about Mashiach. Right? And then those parts where maybe Mashiach is just below the surface, you have to think about it a little bit extra, and you'll see that Mashiach is in there. And then there could be parts that Mashiach is not so explicit at all, but if you look and if you research in Sephardim that are, expl- that are talking about Mashiach, or you really understand what Hasidus is saying about it, then you will often find that there is an explanation that's connected to Mashiach. And we, since the Rebbe is telling us to be Dorchinim with Mashiach, so we have the right and the responsibility to take that explanation which is talking about Mashiach and apply it um, and that could be the one that we live with and the, the Rebbe even says something similar and I'll finish with this um, I believe it's Hanukkah Tavshan and if I remember seeing the Basur Sagula maybe you'll tell me if I have the wrong uh, Mary Malcolm, but I, I didn't get it I wanted to check it up before the share I didn't have a chance I read this was near Hanukkah there's a big thing on there but I wonder if that's similar to the Mitzvah near Hanukkah so so this is an interesting thing the Rebbe says. Talk, it happens to be the Rebbe is talking about Hanukkah. It's not necessarily about Hanukkah, but the Rebbe says that he wants to connect Hanukkah to Geula to Mashiach, and and why does he want to connect Geula, uh, connect Hanukkah to Geula? There's so many other things that you could connect Hanukkah. There's so many explanations. There's so many things to talk about about Hanukkah. Why does the Rebbe have to make it about Geula? So the Rebbe says because the teva of a person. The nature of a person is when you're into one thing, so you're really into it, so naturally everything else you run into, you're going to say, you're going to think to yourself, how does it connect back to that thing that I'm into? 
That's that's just the teva of a person. So the Rebbe is saying that he's the Rebbe is into Geula, and so therefore when he when he wants to talk about Hanukkah, so he's going to talk about Hanukkah in a way that is connected to Geula because that's what you do when you're into Geula. So naturally you see that this is connected to Geula and that's connected to Geula. A person who's not into Geula, that's not the thought that pops into his mind. It's not possible that you can't be into Geula. It's not possible to be into Geula. You can't be into Geula. Can't be. Uh, there's such a thing as the to heart, just like you mentioned at the beginning. So it is possible. It's just, it's just but, hidden, but he's not truly not into you. Right. So we have to bring it. We learn that your true self is when you're actually acting with kiddush, not when you're acting with your to heart. That's not your true self. Of course. But we're talking about bringing it into revelation. So practically, that's what we have to do. We have to learn in Yanagul Mashiach and be misplaining on it, and that'll help us take every mitzvah just like Shemona Esrei, the rest of davening or whatever whatever mitzvah or minig or whatever it is you're interested in if you learn in Yoni Gula Mashiach that's connected to that thing you'll figure out a way to make it Dorchanum with Mashiach Mashiach Na'ach